With threats to our nation waiting around every corner, adaptability is more important than ever. When conditions change without notice, quick strategic thinking is crucial. And with obstacles consistently impending, determination is essential in overcoming them. It's this willingness, decisiveness, and resilience that sets Marines apart. With our fighting spirit, we don't just fight battles, we win them. Marines are the constant our nation counts on to fight the unknown. And through adaptable problem solving, we do just that. Learn more at Marines.com. When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central, simpler communications. This holiday season, Lexus wants you to remember. It's not just the thought that counts, it's your thought. Because no matter how much time you spend picking out the perfect gift, the only thing they'll really care about is that it's from you. Here's to experiences they'll continue to cherish. Season after season, make this December one to remember together. Click the banner to discover more. Experience amazing at your Lexus dealer. Welcome to MLB Daily, your one-stop shop for daily baseball content. I am L.J. LaFura. Alongside me, I've got Brandon Karam, and this is a Belly Up Sports podcast. We are what they aren't. Brandon, how you doing? Good. Uh, doing good. Uh, another action-packed day in the league. Uh Really, a lot of games that have still have to be played between now and the All-Star break uh, at the conclusion of Sunday's games. I believe we have uh, a full slate of games to talk about today. Tomorrow, I believe there's two doubleheaders scheduled and every single team is playing. So we have 17 games. Uh, yeah, a lot of baseball going on. And uh, yeah, just a lot to talk about in general. All right, yeah, we're going to start this show, actually, with some talk about the MLB Futures game, a big part of the All-Star Weekend festivities as we get to see some of these top prospects in the league go head-to-head. Um, I have one quick opinion that I kind of want to start with as we go through these rosters and just generally talk about guys that interest on us on this is the coaching staffs. So for the American League, we have Latroy Hawkins from the Minnesota Twins. He serves as a special assistant and will be the manager. The bench coach will be from the development consultant of the MLB. Then we have Alst- Garvin Alston, 
a Sacramento River Cats member, will do the pitching coach for the AL. Uh, Rachel Bel- Balkovic from the New York Yankees, they, she is one of their minor league hitting coaches, and she will serve as the AL hitting coach. And then at first base will be Brian Buchanan from the Omaha Storm Chasers. Jamie Carroll will be the third base coach. Of course, former a former major leaguer. And then from the St. Paul Saints, we have Jimmy Bello as the bullpen coach. And another minor league athletic coordinator will be the athletic trainer here. Um, following that same type of list, we got Vinny Castilla from the Rockies, uh, Blake Lalil, uh, Lely from Reno Aces, Frank Gonzalez from the Hartford Yard Goats, Andrew Jones and Jerry Royster, as well as Marvin Freeman in the bullpen, rounding out their f- former major leaguers. Uh, Pat Osborne from the Marlins at third, and then Andy Stover will be the athletic trainer for the National League. Brandon, first off, I would like to hear your thoughts if you're at all familiar with um, the Yankee there. I'm blanking on her name now. Um, uh, was it Rachel Balkovic? Yes, but also your general thoughts on having people that are affiliated with organizations coaching this game well i mean it would only make sense right i mean it's not like it's earth shattering news i mean these guys play within their organizations wouldn't it make sense that people that work within the organizations to work the game no um yes and no like i understand where they're coming from with it however it just seems to me as if it is a unfair advantage to an extent because you're basically giving a guy like the special assistant from the twins Latroy Hawkins and you're giving the twins in general a chance to kick the tires on some of these guys earlier than they ever would have a chance to actually get up close and work with them granted Colorado and Minnesota aren't heavy money spenders but like I'm assuming this changes around season by season so you could see a year where you have, say, the New York Yankees special assistant, the San Francisco Dodgers, San Francisco Dodgers, San Francisco Giants special assistant coaching this game, and they would be much more apt, much more apt to be a player in free agency later on in these players' careers and just have that extra look on them. I know I'm probably making more of a deal out of this than it is. However, I feel like there's enough better options to not involve the organ anyone from inside organizations. Uh, I mean, who would you want to coach the game? Uh, I'm I'm just confused. It's wouldn't it make sense to just have the coaches from the organizations be the coaching staff? Like, um, that's the whole purpose of a coaching staff. No, I'm I I'm confused how. The coaching staff of an exhibition game has to do with free agency down the road. I mean, these it's for a nine inning game that these guys will forget that they ever played. In. Oh yeah. yeah, I mean, again, I'm not trying to make this into a big deal. However, I just think there's more interesting ways that you can do this other than just throwing guys like that in there. For one. The more former major leaguers in here, the better. 
not only is this an opportunity to showcase their abilities as coaches to these teams, but it's great. I mean, there's so much you can learn from major, uh, former major leaguers and the higher level and higher caliber guys you get, the easier it'll even be to market this game. The other thing I would be interested to see you do is could they put the all-stars in there? Uh, I mean, why not? Yeah, I still, I mean, it just, it, it just makes sense to have the coaches on the coaching staff. I mean, I, I just, I don't see a problem with it because you can make the same argument for the actual all-star game too. Like, should we actually just have X players do it? Like, yes, that would no. be so much fun. I mean, yeah, it would be fun, but it, you know, there's no reason why they wouldn't just use actual coaches also. All I'm saying is I think Chris sales sells better than Garvin Elston. Well, yeah, but I mean, like, do the, there isn't a lot of people. I feel like the people that are watching the futures game already have a pretty like solid interest in, in baseball. And they know these guys like, yeah, I, I, uh, totally see what you mean that would be cool uh certainly but and it's a different and it's different look to and message like as, assuming that these guys are basically spending just about a day with these people it's not like these coaches from other systems are going to have that much time it's not like they have like two or three days to like work with them and really bear down on anything nor do they really want to this is their time partially their time off so if that's the case, would it possibly for a lot of guys be more influ influential to have a completely different perspective and have it be more of that casual coaching, giving pointers of real time, real life examples of guys who have been living that style for recent years? Again, it's not a big it's not a big deal, but it's just something that popped in my head. I, I didn't. Hate, I didn't hate it, but I didn't love it. Yeah, uh, I get it. Yeah, uh, next up, we will go into well, let's go through the American League pitchers and then we'll switch over to the National League. Uh, rounding out this pitching staff, we have Shane Baz of the Tampa Bay Rays, uh, Brayon Bello from the Boston Red Sox, Reed Detmers from the Los Angeles Angels, Marcos Diplin of the Baltimore Orioles, Luis Medina of the New York Yankees, uh, Cole Reagans of the Texas Rangers, Josh Winder of the Minnesota Twins, Cole Wynn of the Texas Rangers, and Hector Yan of the Los Angeles Angels of Anaheim. The Angels and the Texans both have two pitchers in this game. Brandon, any initial things that jump out to you? Uh yeah, Shane Baz uh already or no, did he not pitch in the league in the MLB yet this year? Uh very close to making his debut though. Uh for the Rays, he was a really good uh pitcher uh in the he was in the Austin Meadows trade uh from the Pirates to the Rays. So, uh yeah, they he was the first name you brought up uh Luis Medina, of course, he's a Yankees pr uh, pitching prospect. 
He's also 22 years old. He's been playing at Double A Somerset this year. Uh, so interested to see how he'll pitch. Yeah, I mean, I'm certainly excited to see some of these guys too. Of course, you've got a lot of big market guys here. I was kind of surprised to see uh, Texas, not not necessarily Texas to get to, but Los Angeles getting two. But again, Shane Baz hadn't made it up. However, I'm just going to jump into this. No, I'm not. Sorry. Scratch that. Um, Yeah, I think overall, I think this is a pretty – Strong group, a lot of interesting names, a lot of interesting teams. And again, if we're talking about Shane Baz as possibly a player who could come up in the near future, a really good performance here could really build some momentum for that team coming out of the all-star break. Like thinking, thinking that getting that positive press is only going to be able to help the team start to say, okay, we're moving in the right direction. Let's actually move in the right direction. Yeah. And we're, and we're going to talk about another guy who got selected to, to this game. That's going to get called up uh, by Tampa Bay uh, tomorrow, actually. So uh, that'll be nice to talk about him when we get uh, to him, but I won't spoil it. But Shane Baz, uh, I wanted to mention he's playing on the Olympic team. Also, Uh, he made the final roster for the U.S. Olympic team. So, very nice indeed. Over in the National League, we have Cade Cavalli from the Washington Nationals, Jake Etter from the Miami Marlins, Andre Jackson from the Los Angeles Dodgers, Matthew Liberatore of the St. Louis Cardinals, Nick Lodolo of the Cincinnati Reds, Max Meyer of the Miami Marlins, Quinn Priester of the Pittsburgh Pirates, Manuel Rodriguez of the Chicago Cubs and Ethan Small of the Milwaukee Brewers. Um, A couple things here. First off, this is a great sign getting two more pitchers in for Miami. Great sign towards their rebuild, continuing upward and onward. And the prospects that they will have a legit pitching staff a few years from now, you're, you're looking at the front runner for rookie of the year right now in Trevor Rogers. You've got Sandy Alcantara, who you'd love to see stay around there a little longer. And then you're just going to keep funneling guys like this in, in addition to Sixto Sanchez, eventually coming back to this team once he's healthy. I do believe I saw that he would be out for the season a couple days ago, but. Yeah. Um, I know we said this a month ago, but we really need to do an injury report. Yeah, uh, certainly. <laughs> but, yeah, it's a great point about the Miami Marlins. Uh, nice to see Max Mayer or Meyer in here and Jake Etter, the two for the Marlins. Uh, yeah, they have such good young pitchers, with their, whether it's Sixto Sanchez, who, yes, will be out for the year, but uh, is still an extremely young pitcher with – uh, really high potential, of course. Uh, you have Sandy Alcantara, guy like Pablo Lopez, Eliezer Hernandez. They can certainly, they certainly have a lot of good young uh, young pitching talent, and you can never have enough good starting pitching. So interested to see how that plays out. Uh, 
Ethan Small on this list for the Milwaukee Brewers. He actually got called up a couple days ago. He's their top pitching prospect. So not sure what the protocol is for a player that's actually on a major league roster, whether or not they are still allowed to participate in the, in the game. Well, this is still about prospects, in my opinion, at least. So by that logic, he he's still a prospect eligible. You might as well put him in there, keep him in there. Oh, yeah. I mean, I don't know why they uh, wouldn't, wouldn't let him play if he is allowed to. How about Matthew Libertor of the St. Louis Cardinals? This is a guy I really like. Um, I'm not sure exactly when they are thinking about making the switch and moving him on up into the majors. However, this is a guy who has looked really good, really sharp this season. One of their top pitching prospects, um, great curveball, And the way that things seem to be projecting for him, this is a guy with decent, pretty solid command that is going to have five solid, solid pitches, five plus, or I'm sorry, four plus pitches in his arsenal at some point as he develops and matures at this rate. So this is a guy that Cardinals fans should be excited about. We got the privilege of watching him on team USA during the qualifiers a few months ago, back in May. And he looked, he looked very mature, very poised. And it was a really a pleasure to watch him work. Yeah. uh, I'm, I believe he also made the, roster for the olympics so uh yeah they certainly have great young uh, pitchers that will be representing team usa um gonna run through the catchers just because there's like only six of them for both at once adley rushman of the baltimore orioles tyler soderstrom of the oakland a's Bo naylor of the cleveland indians and then over in the National League, we've got Francisco Alvarez, Luis Cap- Capusano of the San Diego Padres, and Willie McIver of the Colorado Rockies. Anybody that particularly jumps out to you in that group? Adley Rutschman. I mean, now that a Wander Franco got called up, Adley Rutschman is the best prospect in the majors. Switch hitting catcher uh, really has the tools to – do it all currently sitting in double a and uh yeah it's gonna be the the future of the baltimore orioles they invested very highly in him and uh yeah he is a very special talent i, I got to watch him in the college world series on tv a couple of years ago and he was just absolutely dominating so yeah adley rochman if if you don't know who he is now you do number one prospect in the league and uh, right now. So, yeah. Um, and I, the guy I was just looking into because I hadn't like kind of passed over his name as everything we do with the Oakland athletics passed it over when I was looking at this earlier on in the day, but Tyler Soderstrom, I had not heard that name yet. Brandon, I'm starting to get a little worried that we're going to start feeling old too soon. We're starting to look at 2001 players in this game, uh, players born specifically Tyler Soderstrom, late November of 2001. 
meaning he is less than a month and a half away from my birthday. He's about two months away from my birthday. That's that, that that's no bueno. And uh, this guy, in a serious note, uh, looks has potential to be a three-tool player. Um, lot really just a lot of offense here. Power numbers look good. He's got a lot of raw power to begin with, um, but his hitting should be able to transition. So this could be a very intriguing long-term guy to have catching or possibly DHing for the Oakland A's. Next up, let's move into the AL infield. Uh, I believe one of the guys you wanted to talk about is here. We have the Vidal, Vidal Brujan of the Tampa Bay Rays, Jeter Downs of the Boston Red Sox, Xavier Edwards of the Tampa Bay Rays, Austin Martin of the Toronto Blue Jays, Nick Prado of the Kansas City Royals, Spencer Torkelson of the Detroit Tigers, and Bobby Witt Jr. of the Kansas City Royals. Brandon, would you like to kick us off? Sure. Uh, there's actually three guys that I'm going to mention here. Um, just, sa- uh, save me the one, the last one I mentioned. Okay. Uh, well, I'll start with Spencer Torkelson for the Detroit Tigers. Uh, he was the number one pick, I believe so, yeah, in the 2020 MLB draft or 2019 MLB draft. And he looks to be uh, a part of that Tigers rebuild, which is starting to come to fruition as all three of their young pitchers are currently up. But Spencer Torkelson, one hell of a hitter. Uh, he is going to be very, very good. He was an awesome college hitter. Uh, but the guy that I really want to talk about, Vidal Brujan, uh, yet another infielder for Tampa Bay. Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a It's never been easier to communicate with people, but it's never been harder to know which platform you're supposed to communicate on. Here's a simpler solution. With call, meet, and message all in one app, Ring Central makes communication easy. With all that connectivity in the palm of your hand, you can work from anywhere with anyone at any time and never miss a beat. Because when it comes to communication, simple is better. Learn more at ringcentral.com. Ring Central. Simpler communications. He's getting called up to the majors, I believe. When you guys are listening to this, which will be the morning of Wednesday, July 7th, uh, when this comes out, uh, I believe he's coming up on July 7th. So just adds another switch hitting infielder. So now you have Franco, Brujan, who are both switch hitters. LJ is high on Taylor Walls, who has been very good on a defense and just adds to the log jam even more in that Tampa Bay infield. But he's what do you a, think they're going to do? Move roster move wise. Uh, so I believe he's getting called up because someone got hurt because it, it reasonably with the way that that a Brandon Lau has been hitting, it doesn't make sense to 
just keep calling these guys up if there's not injuries. Uh, I believe it was, does it show here? Is there actually no one hurt? I don't know who they would be sending down unless they're going to send down Mike Brasso, who's currently taking up a roster spot. They could do that. Send down Mike Brasso. They would have a bench of Taylor Walls, Vidal Brujan, Yandy Diaz, Francisco Mejia, and Brett Phillips. Yeah, that would work. So, Certainly. All right. Um, uh, yeah. Who was you, the guy you want to talk about? Yeah, Bobby Witt Jr., I am very excited to watch this game, mostly for him. I mean, Jeter Downs, don't get me wrong. This will be the first time I'm not watching him on Nesson Plus. So that's a huge plus for me. I hope he really has a good showing. However, one of the things I'm most excited in the, excited for in this game will be Bobby Witt Jr. Brandon, is it just me? Or is Bobby Witt Jr. kind of like the Sasquatch of the modern MLB prospects. Like everyone seems to say, this guy's good. This guy's really good. This guy's going to be something special and he's going to be the face of these, this next Royals run that they're kind of starting to gear up towards. However, of the top prospects, it feels like I've seen the least of Bobby Witt. Like it feels like there's the least like, hard like concrete showings of him be, to get you like truly excited like I feel like I don't know the guy as a player I mean I can look at the stats I can watch the video but it just feels like there's some piece of comfort missing with how I understand Bobby Witt as a player coming into this yeah uh, in all honesty he uh was a lot more highly regarded in years past compared to now. Uh, While Kansas City is hoping he's going to be a franchise piece uh, and certainly uh, has he has the potential to, I mean, he's fallen all the way back to number 17 overall in the prospect rankings, which, I mean, reasonably when you think about it, so if scouts are ranking 17 guys above him or 16 guys above him and you figure, all right, how many of those, of these top hundred prospects turn into like good, solid three, three to four war players per year? No, it's not a lot. And if, if they're taking 16 guys over him right now, you know, it's certainly not in his favor. With that said, it's absolutely, uh, now it's his time to prove everyone wrong because you are right. We haven't heard anything about him. Why aren't we hearing about Bobby Witt? I mean, this guy is from what we uh, were told when he was drafted, a, a fantastic infield talent. So uh, yeah, kind of waiting for that to, you know, see what he can do because LJ, he's at a double A. That's like the most important step in in your Mm. journey. If you can hit at a double A where all the other top prospects are, uh, you more than likely can have solid major league success. And I'm really surprised, granted, yeah, his fielding still. I mean, this is a guy that they're giving either now or potentially to be a five to a player, including a solid fielding. I'm 
kind of struggling to see where the issues are for these guys in terms of bringing him down to 17 based on his numbers alone. The only thing that I can really see that totally can, could concern me right now is the amount of strikeouts. He's striking out 25% of the time in double A, but keep in mind, if he's a year or two away, there's plenty of time to work on that. But right now we're looking at a slash line of 296, 366, 553 with 13 home runs in 51 games. That's certainly not bad. It's a 142 weighted runs created plus. That's really good. So, yeah. yeah. Like, the numbers are all here. Every every uh, report of scouting, re- scouting report, I should say, shows positive for this guy. But why is the love not getting there? Why aren't we getting more highlight reels? Why aren't more people talking about this? I think this could be either a huge wake-up call or a huge disappointment to me. Let's move into now the National League infielders. We have Brett Beatty of the New York Mets, Jose Barrero of the Cincinnati Reds, Michael Bush of the LA Dodgers, Nolan Gorman of the St. Louis Cardinals, Marco Luciano of the San Francisco Giants, Bryson Stott of the Philadelphia Phillies, and Michael Toglia. Also, I should say at this point, I am working off of the official roster put on MLB.com. So if you are a fan of one of these teams and I'm saying the name wrong, please know that it is because of MLB.com, not me. I already found a typo in the pitchers because it's supposed to be Brayon, not Brian Bale. So... I'm sure there's more than that in here. So just bear with us. Uh, yeah. As for those guys that you just mentioned, uh, the only couple, I, I only know a few of them, but I know that Marco Luciano for the Giants uh, is projected to be one of the best players in the league uh, in five years from now. Uh, he's the number eight overall prospect and uh, is a very, very shorthanded shortstop from what we've seen and is a fantastic hitter from the right side. So uh, certainly we'll have to see uh, what he can do in this game. And he uh, is also only 20 years old. Uh, The only other guy I really knew here was Michael Bush from the LA Dodgers. He's a corner infielder. he, he should be up in the bigs in a couple of years, if not actually could be next year. Uh, but yeah, not very familiar with a lot of these guys. Actually, I'm going to go ahead and pull up some stuff on Michael Toglio real quick, just to, as I'm just curious what he looks like right now. Of course, 22 years old, first baseman in high A right now for the Rockies. Um, Scouting-wise, got a lot of power, but the contact is not really looking to be like he's going to be anytime soon, which, again, isn't the end of the world. Overall, yeah, this is a guy I think is worthwhile to have in this in this team. So he certainly is not a uh, token Colorado. Colorado is the all-star host, so we have to put somebody in here. Team. 
player. So I was a little nervous about that because, like, if that if that's what we're going with, then how is this going to be any fun, right? Well, and uh, they already had a catcher get in, mm. and they have an outfielder get in. So, yeah, they they certainly have guys. All right, next up, we're going to go into the probably the most interesting section of this group, the American League outfield with, oh, dear Lord, I, I, I'm going to screw this up, Yolki Cespedes of the Chicago White Sox, Jason Dominguez of the New York Yankees, Riley Green of the Detroit Tigers, Jared Kleenex of the Seattle Mariners, Pedro Leon of the Houston Astros, and Julio Rodriguez of the Seattle Mariners. I'm going to kick this right off by asking, what the hell is Jared Kleenex doing in this game? I'm sorry. Like, don't get me wrong. I still have very high hopes for this guy. I think he's going to be a really good player. However, how does he help the value in the brand of minor league baseball at all right now? Because well, no, the game's not about minor league baseball. It's it's about promoting the future of the game. And it, it, it doesn't mean it has to be about the uh, no, about, no, 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 exactly. But overall, I just I cannot see him helping any form of value except maybe having a really good game and slightly, slightly helping his own because no one, very few casual fans are going to like just happen to turn on the futures game. I feel like the, the bulk audience is going to be more hardcore fans and fans of specific teams coming in to watch their players. So the majority of them have heard about and seen Jared, Jared Kleenex play, and they've all watched him suck. So we are coming, we are now less than a month removed from that bad taste being forced in our mouth for 91 at bats. What was it? Something like that. One for 91 or whatever. No, it wasn't one for 91. It was three for 80. He had it was three for four, four for four fifty. How about that? Okay, yeah. No, I I know for a fact that he had more than one hit. He had like two extra base hits. I'm sorry, he had like he had like four or five hits, but three of them came in one game. I remember that. It was the second game he had like three hits and then did nothing from there. But you cannot tell me that there isn't a form of disappointment in your back, the back of your mind, some form of bad taste in your mouth from watching Jared Kleenex play the way he did when he came up. That isn't to say he won't be really good in the future, but I think it might have been in their best interest to put someone else in this game this year just to give us somebody that we haven't recently seen and hasn't recently disappointed everybody. Like, if he plays well, it's not going to, like, all of a sudden curve public opinion like Jared Kleenex is back. He's going to be the savior. He should come up next week and he's going to hit the cycle, hit for the cycle and all of this. That's not, that's not the reaction that most fans are going to get from a two for two game with a double from Jared Kleenex. I just think you're hating on him. Honestly. I mean, this is a perfect spot no, for no, him no. To, to completely make his, his value known again. I mean, He's the number four prospect in the league for a reason. Let him play in the futures game. He is the future. He is 
he is exactly what this game is trying to promote, which is the future of the league. I mean, he is going to be one of the best players in the league, in my opinion. I don't think that his rookie year struggles, uh, you know, are going to have any effect on when he, when he turns into a multi-time time all-star. Uh, I think I, that this is the perfect spot for him, and especially because he's not going to be the main attraction, even on this outfield group within his own team. When you have a guy like Jason Dominguez, who is being so hyped up that, I mean, everyone's going to want to see that that guy hit you. You will look at his teammate, Julio Rodriguez, who is also on this uh, for the Seattle Mariners. And he's also one of the top prospects in the league as well. So uh, this is a perfect spot for him to really kind of just show, show what he can do uh, against some of the other guys who are going to be the best players in the league in a couple of years. It, it makes sense to me. I'm, I'm not saying that I think that his rookie issues are any indication on what he's going to do the rest of the time. I just don't think we necessarily needed to see him right now, especially when you rattle off a lot of very, very interesting names in here, including I'll jump into Jason Dominguez real quick after this, but like perhaps you could have gone with somebody else that we hadn't already gotten the hype train moving for this season. But Jason Dominguez, I mean, this is the Brandon, this is the guy that the Yankees have already started rebuilding to make a run with. Are you excited to see him in action? Oh, absolutely. I mean, this guy, from what we've heard, he can hit a hundred mile or 115 miles an hour from uh, both sides of the plate. Uh, scouts are just absolutely in love with his bat speed, his, his, his hitting ability, his hitting tools. Uh, look, I mean, if this guy can 70 become... power. Yeah, no, he... Sorry, 70 power, 70 grade power, 70 grade speed. Yeah, he projects to be like a, just an exceptional hitter. However, I am a 364 days older than this guy. So... I don't know. It just seems like... What have like, you done in your life, Brandon? Yeah, it, it just seems like pretty high expectations for a kid that is literally like wouldn't even be in, be in college if he was on that track at this point. He would be three months away from college at this point or two months away from college. So, look, I'm very excited to watch him play uh, because he's going to be the future of the Yankees and yeah, uh, really cool that he got picked, even though he's yet to play a game in professional baseball minor or leagues. You see, that's the thing. I really want to see him play. Like I have no issue. I'm very excited to see this guy play. I'm very excited to see him, um, get his first golden sombrero here but is this setting a bad precedent like there are a lot of prospects in the league with bright futures is this going to just start a gradual descent into more and more players coming out of international complexes or um short season rookie leagues is this just going to continue a cycle of 
more and more of them getting put into this game? And if so, is that is that bad for the game? No, not at all. It shouldn't matter. If, if they're the future of the game, let them play. It shouldn't matter what, what, what a minor league team you're on whether or not you're an international guy or not. I mean, I mean, that's how they used to split it up was international versus uh, American prospects. That's how they always used to do it. Now it's American League and National League. But, yeah, uh, certainly I'm excited to watch all of these outfielders play uh, for the American League. All right, and over in the outfield for the National League, we have Brendan Davis of the Chicago Cubs. Mike Harris, the second of the Atlanta Braves, Heliot Ramos of the San Francisco Giants, Alec Thomas of the Arizona Diamondbacks, Ryan Velade of the Colorado Rockies, and Drew Waters of the Atlanta Braves. Completely off-topic note, Atlanta, the Rome Braves is your high A team. Seriously, we're getting the name the Rome Braves alongside the Richmond Flying Squirrels, the Amarillo Amarillo Sod Poodles, and the Albuquerque Isotopes. You boys need to do better. Um, on that note, Brandon, any thoughts? Uh, the only guys that I've heard of on this list are uh, Brandon Davis, who's the Cubs' top prospect right now. Uh, I've heard of Drew Waters for the Braves, and I believe he is – one of their top prospects. I'm yes, not sure. I'm not sure how they consider Christian Pache, whether he's still a prospect or not. But Drew Drew Waters is ranked number 48 overall, uh, and is uh, the number three prospect in the Braves system behind Christian Pache and Ian Anderson. And both of those guys are major league. Is Anderson still eligible? Uh, according to, to the like that site on Fangraphs that we always look at. That, oh, on Fangraphs, uh, I'm looking at the MLB three. one. Okay. Yeah. Um. No, but yeah, uh, yeah, just more more teams as top prospects. Cubs fans are gonna want to watch Brandon Davis. Uh, Braves fans are gonna want to watch Drew Waters, and the Braves have another outfielder in here too. So. Uh, yeah. I just actually pulled up Michael Harris because from everything I've heard, it seems like Drew Waters is going to be a part of the future of that outfield. It seems to me that they're ready, pretty well ready to try to look a little younger, a little leaner out there. And I think by next year, Drew Waters could be a big part of that switch switch hitter overall. I mean, it sounds like everything, it's one of those situations where Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a Maryland sports fans, there's only one sports book in the great state of Maryland with over 50 years' experience booking bets and supporting customers. Bet Fred Sportsbook at Long Shots is now open and is the only sports book in Frederick offering cash betting on football, basketball, world soccer, and more. 
Visit the Betfred Sportsbook at I-270 and MD-85 in Frederick, right next to Longshot's Off-Track Betting. Go to BetfredSports.com for more information and your chance to win exclusive merchandise. Must be 21 or older. Play responsibly. For help, call 1-800-GAMBLER. The majority of people surrounding the team seem to think he's ready before the team does. So it really seems to be a waiting game of either roster position opening up or him showing them that last bit that they need to see in order for him to be a regular major leaguer. Michael Harris, on the other hand, the other Braves prospect in this outfield, um, currently a 35 grade hit with 50 power, 55 speed, and potential to get just about four tools in here. So, yeah, I mean, this is a, this is yet another guy who, if things work out well, could be part of a very, very, very good prime Braves team a few years down the line. Again, with them, they haven't extended Ronald Acuna yet, but you have to think that's only a matter of time and that he will get that. And well, they, this... they have extended Ronald Acuna. Oh, right, right, right. He did a uh, deal before he came up, right? Uh, no, his, his, a uh, second year in the league, he did a deal eight years, a hundred million dollars. So he okay, signed yeah. through 2026. I, I, I completely forgot it. So it was a team friendly deal, but and either way, yeah, so... team options through in 2027 and 2028. So the Braves have control over his contract through the 2028 season. Further proving my point through my stupidity. Um, they can easily with how disappointing this season has been, they can take a step back and look look towards the future, look towards getting a team together that will be ready, all ready for guys like Ronald Acuna, Danzy Swanson, Ozzy Albies, Primes. And I think a guy like Drew Waters or poss- a slight chance of Michael Harris being a part, major part of that. Well, uh, should we move into the MLB games that uh, occurred on Tuesday? Yeah, why not? All right. Uh, I believe it is. I uh, have uh, first game. Yeah, it is. The Orioles game. and the Blue Jays. This one starts out scoring in the top of the first as Vladdy Guerrero Jr. gets an RBI here with a sack fly. That puts them up one nothing before Pedro Severino hits a two-run blast. Cedric Mullins also goes yard, and Anthony Santander goes yard en route to them going up 7-1 to one early in this game. Home runs by Randall Grichuk, Vladdy Guerrero Jr., and Lourdes Gurriel did help them. The Toronto Blue Jays cut a little closer, but Baltimore wins this one 7-5. Give the win to... Watkins, who got this start going five innings with three hits, one earned, and two strikeouts for the Baltimore Orioles. The loss goes to Steven Matz. Four innings, four runs, three of them earned with four strikeouts and two home runs. Um, this probably be a good chance to mention it. It looks like Toronto is still really wanting to play with this team they've got going right now. Uh, props, first off, props to them for doing so. I mean, it would be very easy to say, all right, let's try this again next year. But they've made a number of aggressive deals over the past couple of weeks to 
bring in bullpen support and keep them afloat as they're only four games out of a wild card berth right now. That's that's certainly capable of being overcome in the back half of the season. Yeah, and it's not a team that I would want to face in a wild card game by any means because they can hit the crap out of the ball. And even if uh, he hasn't been uh, pitching great this year, if they have Hyunjin Ryu on the mound uh, and with that, with that lineup, especially with George Springer back, I mean, realistically, Teoscar Hernandez is their sixth or is their fifth or sixth best hitter this year. And he's starting in the all-star game. So it, it just goes to show how deep and just loaded this, this lineup is uh, when, when fully healthy and at this full prime, I mean, I'm not sure if we're saying that, that a cabin Vigio has all-star potential, but there's like six all-stars that are on this team realistically, which is, I mean, six hitting all-stars, and then whether you want to throw in Nate Pearson, Hyunjin, Ryu, Alec, Manoa in the future. So, yeah, they're going to be very, very scary. But Yankees and Mariners, the Yankees' first West Coast trip of the season, and they make good do of it, scoring Eight runs in the first three innings against Seattle. Giancarlo Stanton with a three-run home run. Uh, it was off of Justice Sheffield who got the start for the Mariners, who is, of course, an ex-Yankee prospect. Uh, with the way that he pitched tonight and has been pitching this year, I don't want to hear anything about the Yankees losing the James Paxton deal. That's completely out of the window now. Uh Giancarlo Stanton homers 15th of the year that gives the Yankees a three nothing lead in the first Luke Voigt comes through with a two RBI single in the second and it was just a hit parade for the Yankees tonight collecting 18 in total they get RBI hits from Aaron Judds DJ Luke Voigt comes through with another RBI single and then Rugnet Odor caps it off with a three run bomb Yankees win 12-1 behind a Jamison Tyone Gem, seven innings, four hits, one earned, nine strikeouts. The loss to Justice Sheffield. Uh, now officially the worst starting pitcher in the league, uh, according to a baseball savant. One and two-thirds, five hits, six earned, and two strikeouts. Season ERA up to 6.48 in 16 starts. Yeah, I mean, I, I don't think I've ever contended that the Yankees lost that trade, but you do have to admit it's a rough position to be in at any point when Justice Sheffield was your top pitching prospect. I mean, I'm just I'm 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 glad that we trade him because we got there was some starts out of Paxton where it was like, okay, like in 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 a 2019, he was very, very serviceable for us, like a 3.86 FIP. 3.82 ERA. He was just, I mean, that's what you want over, over 150 innings. You will absolutely take that. And what we had to, to give up to get that uh, is certainly worth it. Yes. All right. Next up, we have the Angels and the Red Sox. 
Scoring starts in the top of the first with a J.D. Martinez sack fly. I feel like I'm repeating myself from the start of the Blue Jays game because from there, this game really came down to a couple of pitches. Shohei Otani hits an RBI double in the bottom of the first, followed by a Max Stassi bullet out of the park to make this a 3-1 Angels lead early. J.D. Martinez drives in another in the sixth before the Angels add on two more runs in the bottom of the sixth. This puts it out of reach even after a Hunter Renfro piss missile to right center field way over the wall for his 13th home run of the year, making this a 5-3 ball game. Brandon, um, while he has been out in Los Angeles, he did try to contact the postmaster general to see if possibly there was any way that there was some form of mail mix-up and his Father's Day card from Phil Nevin might have gone to California instead of Massachusetts. However, they're still looking for it. The Red Sox lose this one 5-3, to three, give the win to Shohei Otani. He went seven innings, allowing five hits, two earned, and four strikeouts. The loss goes to Nathan Eovaldi, going five and two-thirds, allowing five earned and nine strikeouts. The save will go to Rafael Iglesias, his 17th of the year. All right. The Pirates and the Braves. This, this one uh, really only came down to a couple pitches as Brian Reynolds with a sack fly in the bottom of the third puts the Pirates on the board. Uh, one nothing. Top five, Orlando Arcia, who has been, uh, I believe, yeah, he got traded to the Braves a couple days into the season, had been hanging out in their AAA roster on their taxi squad, recently gets called up and hits his first homer of the year. That ties it at one in the top of the fifth inning. We remain with that score until the bottom of the ninth, where the Braves bring on Tyler Matzik and uh, he walks the leadoff batter, then allows a single to Adam Frazier. Key Brian Hayes walks, so we have bases loaded, no outs in a tie game in the bottom of the ninth inning. He walks Brian Reynolds to lose the game. It's a walk-off walk. The Pirates win 2-1, to one, give the win to Richard Rodriguez, pitches a clean ninth inning. The start from Chad Cool, six innings, four hits, one earned, and seven strikeouts. Give the loss to Tyler Matzik, Ian Anderson, five innings, one earned, and four strikeouts. Next up, we will have the Rangers and the Tigers, and Robbie Grossman starts scoring off with a disgusting solo home run his 11th bomb of the season. From there, we get a Texas run here in the fourth and fifth as John Hicks goes yard. Isaiah Kiner-Falefa hits an RBI double, and David Dahl does the exact same thing. It is a 5-1 ball game. Jake Rogers goes yard. Eric Haas goes yard for Detroit to tie this one up. But then again, we get another monster run of five runs in two innings by the Texas Rangers started by John Hicks. David Dahl adds a RBI double in the seventh. And then in the eighth, 
Brock Holt and Adolis Garcia go yard for Texas and make this a 10-5 Rangers win. Give the win to John King. King went two innings, allowing four hits and four earned with three strikeouts, following Dane Dunning's five innings, one earned, six strikeout performance. The loss will go to Daniel Norris. He pitched a third of an inning, allowing two earned runs for Detroit. Jose Urania started this one going four and two-thirds, allowing five earned and three strikeouts. I know this is going to sound crazy, but does it feel like these two just, like, just pitched? Uh, Like, the rotations are blurring together at this point in the season for me. Yeah. We've been doing this show daily for how many days now? Yeah, a lot. We haven't – we have uploaded every single day since April 1st. Have not missed a day – at least, at least one of us was here to to do the show every day. Uh, of course, with the All Star break, uh, we will be taking a couple days off. Of course, with the games going up through Sunday, but yeah, uh, certainly it does uh, blur like that sometimes. But yeah, I mean, as for the show, I mean, we 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 might as well say it now we'll be going up until Sunday. Uh, Monday is the is off day is Tuesday the home run derby Wednesday the all-star game I believe yes that sounds right and then I believe Thursday uh it is just one game between the Yankees and the Red Sox uh so I'm not sure whether we want to do an episode just for that that one game or if we just Push I mean, we certainly team. have plenty of filler stuff that we've been wanting to do. Uh, I do have the full schedule, and it is a lot more of just random stuff here in Colorado because now that we can do outdoor events and indoor events, they start with a free indoor-outdoor event for fans of all ages every day during All-Star Week starting Friday, July 9th. It includes learning how to play ball from the best in the game and much more. This will be at the Colorado Convention Center starting at 10 a.m. Mountain Time. There will be a 5K on Saturday in addition to those that we already discussed. The Futures game and the Celebrity Softball game will be on Sunday, July 11th, as well as the draft starts Sunday. Draft Sunday night, yeah. Yeah. For some reason, I thought it was going to start Monday. From there... On Monday, we get the All-Star Workouts, the Home Run Derby. Okay, then, Home Run Derby's Monday. Got yes, it. starting at 6 p.m. Mountain Time, so that is 8 p.m. Eastern. And yeah. then on Tuesday, the fun begins. We will have the – they have the All-Star Red Carpet Show to start kick things off on MLB Network. And then on Fox, the MLB All-Star Game presented by MasterCard. This will start at 5.30 Mountain Time, 8.30 Eastern to round out the weekend. Should be uh, a lot of fun. But the next game is the Marlins and the Dodgers. Not a lot going in this one either. Scoring opens up in the top of the fourth on a Will Smith RBI single. The Dodgers take a one nothing lead. Jesus Aguilar ties it in the bottom of the sixth with an RBI single of his own. 
we are scoreless from that point on until the bottom of the 10th. The Dodgers bring in Blake Trinan. And what does he do? Well, he uh, strikes out the first batter. The next batter grounds out. So now it is a runner on third with two outs. And he throws a wild pitch. There is uh, that allows Starling Marte to score. And the Marlins walk it off on a wild pitch and win two to one. The win goes to Zach Hess, excuse me, David Hess out of the Miami bullpen. The loss to Blake Trinan behind a Tony Gonsolin start, five and a third, two hits of scoreless ball. You're going to be getting into this in a little while, but the NL had quite a few uh, wacky walk-offs tonight. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a very weird night in terms of walk-offs. Yeah, because you had already discussed, we have the wild pitch, we have the walk, and then there's one more to finish off that walk walk wonky walk-off trifecta. Next up, we have the White Sox and the Twins. Zach Collins hit a two RBI single in the top of the second to start things off for Chicago. They would add two more in the eighth to eventually win this one four to one. Give the win to Carlos Rodon. He went six innings, allowing seven hits, one earned, and eight strikeouts. The loss goes to Jose Barrios. He went seven innings, allowing one hit, two runs, and 10 strikeouts. The save goes to Liam Hendricks, his 22nd of the year. That was a six-out save on top of that. All right. The Phillies and the Cubs played what what was just an absolute football (laughs) score of a game here. Uh, But let's get into it. Andrew McCutcheon with a grand slam in the top of the first to lead the Phillies off. Uh, and uh, they just got started from there as they take a 7-0 lead after the first two innings uh, after a Reese Hoskins bases-clearing double uh, that made it 7 to nothing. In the fourth, Bryce Harper comes up with a ground rule double and makes it 8-3. Reese Hoskins with a sack fly, and it's 9-3. Javi Baez does go deep in the bottom of the sixth. But the Phillies respond with a Reese Hoskins homer in the seventh, a Gene Segura single, and then a Bryce Harper three-run home run in that same inning. They go up 15-4. to They end up winning the game 15-10 to as the Cubs score runs in the seventh, eighth, and ninth innings. We had a total of 30 hits, 25 runs across both teams in this one, and six home runs total, so... Yeah, absolute uh, just laser show everywhere. The wind, Aaron Nola, who uh, kind of breaks out of a funk that he had been in these last couple of starts, really the last month. Uh, six innings, six hits, four and eight Ks. Not a great start, but he'll take the win, especially the run support. The loss to Jake Arrieta, not a good start. One and two thirds, six hits, seven earned, and four strikeouts. Next up, we have the Reds and the Royals here. 
And the Reds started out very hot here, scoring five runs between the third and fourth innings to get out to a 5 nothing lead. This was in, due to a Jonathan India RBI double, a Joey Votto RBI triple. The old man can still move. And then a Kyle Farmer home run, his seventh of the year. On the way back into this game, Michael A. Taylor and Andrew Benintendi Mary redeemed a $50,000 cash prize playing Chumba Casino this year. I was only playing for fun, so winning this was a dream come true. Chumba Casino is America's number one social casino experience. It's serious fun. With over 80 casino-style games to choose from, you too could win life-changing amounts of cash. Be like Mary. Log on to ChumbaCasino.com and give them a whirl. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. Void or prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. The voice in the preceding commercial was not the actual voice of a winner. With the new Chevy Silverado, you might be driving in this. But with the Silverado's redesigned interior and large infotainment screens, it'll feel more like this. Introducing the new 2022 Chevy Silverado. Find new upgrades. Find new roads. Chevrolet. Both went yard their eighth and ninth home runs of the year, respectively. And Cincinnati found themselves down six to three going into the bottom of the ninth with Heath Hembry on the mound. Michael A. Taylor reaches on an error to drive in the first run here. Nicky Lopez drives in a run, and then Salvador Perez brings in the final two necessary blows to walk off this game in the ninth inning here in Kansas City at a score of 7-6. to Give the win to Richard Lovelady out of the bullpen. Luis Castillo goes seven innings allowing three hits, one earned, and four strikeouts. I just really screwed that up. Richard Lovelady finishes the game for Kansas City, pitches that last third of an inning. Uh, Bubich starts this game for Kansas City, going four and a third, allowing five earned with four strikeouts. The loss goes to Heath Hembry. He started the ninth inning, goes one hit, one earned, and one strikeout over a third of an inning and not only blows the save but ends up losing the game here for Cincinnati as I started with Luis Castillo, 7-3-1-4. A great game just as Brandon predicted. But this is starting to actually become a problem for Cincinnati if they want to be even remotely taken seriously. I mean... We're in a situation where unless the San Francisco Giants collapse is as bad as it could be in or could like possibly be in the back half of the year, I think that these wild cards are going to end up being pretty secure. However, if they want to be even taken remotely serious in that consideration, they have to figure out what they're doing at the back end of their bullpen because they're currently working with four options for closing these games Amir with Amir Garrett Brad Brach Heath Hembry Art Warren and Sean Doolittle none of them are great options no it's you cannot allow six runs in the last two innings to lose a game I mean that's unacceptable especially after Luis Castillo goes out there and Spins just a great game. Uh, 
really, you know, he's, I mean, if anything, he's proved that, look, yeah, I had a terrible start to the year. I'm back and I'm ready to show my A game. I'm here. And the bullpen just absolutely blows this one for him. Thank God he doesn't get the loss, but still. Uh, yeah, as as a person whose team has tried closing by committee in full and still and actually trying to compete, it's not a fun time. It's an incredibly confusing process. And the fact of the matter is, unless you have a great, great culture like they do in Tampa Bay, Players like to have structure. They like to know when they're going to be used, how they're going to be used, what their role is role is in a on a team. It's only natural, isn't it? It is, but unfortunately, it's not the most efficient way to to uh, run a bullpen, which is why we no, see it isn't. Tampa do what they do. Other teams starting to employ it. It doesn't make sense to have set roles because you know not every single time do you need your eighth inning guy in the eighth inning? So it's no, just, but yeah. at the same time, there's got to be a balance. Like the way I'm looking at it, first off, this game, if you're putting somebody in in the ninth inning, in was that a close a save situation at the time? Yes. Yeah. I mean, they allowed four runs in the bottom of the ninth to lose. So right. absolutely, that's a save situation. That's a three-run game. Yeah, so – Let's say here, actually, yeah, because Heath Embry only allowed one earned run in that that stretch that he was in the game. Yeah, I mean, so Heath Embry that logic won't save, but it, it, I I don't see how it, you know Brad Brock gets a hold for getting absolutely shelled. That's just dumb. But that's beside the point. You have you're looking at this uh, t- a team that has basically used three different guys in their or four different guys, four or five different guys this year in their closing situation. You brought three of them into the last inning of this game. Where's the confidence by a manager? Like if you're bringing somebody in to close, I don't care if you're closing by committee and you're just putting in the best matchup, the best rested guy, you cannot pull him. You have to stick it out and give him your trust because that's, in many, many cases, that's why guys are able to get it done because they know, okay, it's just me. No one's going to come bail me out of this. I have to do this. My manager has my back. Let's go get it. They don't have this when you're getting pulled on multiple occasions in the same inning. And it's just, yeah, it's just that type of stuff makes things very confusing having completely wildly inconsistent roles is also incredibly confusing. I mean, let's look at the success of the three guys that the Red Sox used to close by committee and the lack of success of the group. You had Workman, Brazier, and Barnes as your three closers, like your three rotating last three inning guys. Barnes got shelled because he was put in too many high leverage, super high leverage situations. Workman was inconsistent. Brazier was fine, but not great. And in the end, I mean, we're looking at a situation where Ryan Brazier was probably the best out of the three when they were doing that situation. And the other two both went on to close for the same, this exact team. So like, 
there is there is something to having that stability. I really do believe it. Yeah, uh, I think it's more of of a mental thing for the the pitchers than than anything else. It is, which which is why again we can't have analytics be black and white. They may look black and white when they're printed out on paper, but you you need to take into consideration that not everything is exactly how it seems and we need to be able to balance these things if things are going to be successful well on to the diamondbacks and the rockies arizona puts up a three spot in the bottom of the first inning uh they get a three actually three rbi doubles those coming from david peralta all-star eduardo escobar and christian walker Brandon Rogers uh, puts the Rockies on the board in the fourth with an RBI double of his own. Rymel Tapia singles in the fifth to bring Colorado within one. And then the Rockies take the lead on a Jonathan Daza uh, run scoring ground out in the seventh. And we are tied at three in the bottom of the ninth. The Rockies call on Daniel Bard uh, in a tie game. He allows a leadoff single to Stephen Voigt. Uh, Dalton Varsho walks, so now it's first and second with no outs in a tie game. Uh, Nick Ahmed lines out, so now there's one out. Next up is Josh Rojas, who walks. We have bases loaded with one out. David Peralta up next. He gets hit by a pitch, walk-off, hit by pitch. So we have a walk-off walk, walk-off, wild pitch and a walk-off hit by pitch in the same night and the Diamondbacks win four to three after an absolute meltdown from from a Daniel Bard uh two walks and a hit by pitch and a hit allowed not a great outing for him the Diamondbacks win four to three Joaquin Soria gets the win he pitched the uh top of the ninth Merrill Kelly five and a third two earned runs for him, John Gray for the Rockies, six innings, uh, three earned in eight Ks. The loss goes to Daniel Barr. Well, in this A's-Astros game, there was scoring early, there was scoring in the middle, and then a whole lot of nothing by the end. The top of the first, Matt Olson, Chad Pinder, and Jed Lowry drive in runs. This is followed up in the top of the second by Elvis Andrews, Matt Olson, and a throwing error on a Raymond Laureano stolen base, scoring three runs there to make this a six-run first two innings for the A's. However, in the bottom of the first, Jordan Alvarez did go yard, putting two runs on the board for Houston, and then they go on a very similar run of their own late in this game, Starting in the bottom of the fourth, Miles Straw hits an RBI single. Then Jordan Alvarez goes yard again. That's a bingo and a bango. And bottom of the sixth, Jose Altuve and Yuli Gurriel both drive in runs to get us to our 9-6 to six final as Jordan Alvarez is unable to complete the bingo bango Yahtzee we also hope for. Give the win to Brian Abreu, two innings with no runs allowed. 
coming out of the bullpen for Ember Valdez started this one, five innings, 10 hits, six runs, and six strikeouts. His ERA is now 2.86. The loss will go to Wendelkin of Oakland. Chris Bassett goes four and a third, allowing eight hits, six earned, and six strikeouts. The save will go to Ryan Presley, his 15th. All right, uh, let's wrap this up with two National League game. The Cardinals and the Giants first, and it was all-star starter Nolan Arenado helping out the Cardinals in the first inning with a two-run home run his 17th of the year to put the Cardinals up by that score, two to nothing. It was fellow all-star Brendan Crawford uh, tying the game in the third with a two-RBI base knock of his own. Paul Goldschmidt in the fourth singles, then that drives home two runs uh, to put St. Louis up four to two. But Crawford comes back once again with an RBI double, uh, this time cutting the lead to one. So after five, the Cardinals led four to three. Yachty Molina, top seven, steps up with a big RBI single. That makes it 5-3. And Mundo Sosa, homer top eight, makes it 6-3. Bottom eight, the Giants are able to rally a bit. They get a Mikey Yaz RBI single. Yes. And a Wilmer Flores RBI double to cut the lead to one. However, the Cardinals are able to close it out and win six to five. Adam Wainwright gets the win, now seven and five on the year. Uh, five innings, seven hits, three earned, three strikeouts. Johnny Cueto takes the loss, six innings, four earned and seven Ks, and Justin Miller gets his first save of the year for St. Louis, who is now 43-44, and uh, almost back to 500 ball for them. And to close it out, we have the Padres and the Nationals. This one's scoreless till the bottom of the fourth when Will Myers hits a three-run home run. 10th of the year, and that puts the Padres up three to nothing. Josh Harrison then steps up in the top of the fifth and hits a three run home run of his own uh, to tie it up. Bottom five, the Padres scored three times on a Manny Machado single, Eric Hosmer single, single and Will Myers sack fly. So it's six to three, uh, San Diego. Juan Soto hits a solo piece in the sixth, but it's not enough as the Padres go on to win seven to four. Ryan Weathers gets the win five and a third, four earned runs. Uh, The loss goes to Eric Fetty, four and a third, six earned runs. And the save to Mark Melanson, his 26th on the season. And uh, that is going to do it for the games today but we are going to do another edition of small talk smackdown like we did yesterday uh lj are we all set up to do it i believe we're going to do one for me and one for lj today if i'm correct yes i'll go ahead and go first today as a reminder this is basically the same as like elevator pitch elevator pitches except we're just having a general conversation with a person we happen to know is a fan of a specific team. We are spinning.
Very dramatic. The Toronto Blue Jays. Okay. I am ready to start. And there is a pretty clear spot. I'm going to go with this Toronto Blue Jays team. And that is this pitching. Props to this team for actually sticking with this. Because there were points in this season where this pitching staff looked darn near pathetic. I mean, actually, you know, I, I'm, I'm willing to go pathetic. Because you cannot blow games in the way that they have blown to the Red Sox in meaningful series in to the Rays in meaningful series. I mean, we all remember that fateful game in Dunedin where they allowed like five runs to walk in because no one could throw strikes out of the bullpen. They were dying for an actual like chance to win the game, a, a bullpen that's going to be able to keep them in games and so they've gone out and done it they're making trades they bring in guys like Simber from Philly they make this deal with the Milwaukee Brewers today in order to get two more relievers and they're just being hyper aggressive because they realize this bullpen has no future this isn't a group they don't have guys in this bullpen that they're really glued a ton of them that they're glued to like guys that they say, okay, they have so much potential that a year or two down the line, they're really going to be something. So we got to stick with them and support them. They understand that if the bullpen's not working out after this season, they're going to have to gut the whole bullpen and figure it out next year in order to compete anyways. So why not gut it now and hope to get something a little better in the middle of the season? So really, I mean, if you're a fan of that team, you got to be proud of the fact that they're being so proactive in trying to fix it certainly a long elevator ride but a great point indeed whoa uh, whoa whoa you went three minutes yesterday mister me and you combined went three i said like three things it's still combined you can't say it's, it's not. still combined my 15 seconds with your two minutes and 45 seconds really let's time it out that let's, let's, no we can time it out we'll see all right, Actually, no, I, I have the timer on my phone from yesterday. You went a minute 50 before I started talking. Okay, so it's still combined. <laughs> All right, who am, I, who am I talking about? Let's spin the wheel. Can you hear the wheel? I, I, can, I can hear it a bit. And it is... The Miami Marlins. All right, uh, the Miami Marlins. Well, what did they do tonight? The Marlins, of course, uh, picked up that nice win over the Dodgers. And this is a, an important stretch for them here. Uh, look, if I'm talking to a Marlins fan in the elevator, you know, we just uh, picked off a game against the, the Dodgers. We've had one of the best pitching staffs in the league this year, and we're staying somewhat competitive in this NL East. So let's try to keep up, I mean, this at least high intensity. You know, we had Pablo Lopez get tossed the other night, and uh, certainly we like what we see out of these young pitchers. And, uh, you know, we're not expecting much to happen for the rest of the year, so certainly high confidence. And uh, can't wait to see what, 
the rest of the season holds for all the young players on our team, like Jazz Chisholm, whether or not we deal Starling Marte, uh, et cetera. Minute four. Not bad. Not bad. I don't think I was that much longer. We'll have to see. We will have to see. We can get the official time on tomorrow's show. So we can either either way, now that we can do three minute videos, all of it can go on TikTok. So we're all good. Beautiful. Beautiful. Oh, and Instagram now too. With with IGTV, you can do like up to an hour, I think. So could just throw I can really talk about the Blue Jays. Oh yeah, absolutely. But uh I think that that is going to do it for today's show. Thank you for listening to the MLB Daily Podcast. Be sure to check us out on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, all at MLB Daily Pod. And play the trivia game on Twitter uh, for uh, prizes at the end of the year should you uh, be one of the best at it. Still only halfway through. The MLB season, of course, so we still have a, a lot of trivia game left to consume and play, so be sure that you are going and doing that. But thank you for listening once again, and we will see you tomorrow. See you manana. Lucky Land Casino, asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Hi, I'm Maria. And I'm Mike. And we're Team Team Ready. Ready. Black Hills Energy knows your home is where your heart is, so they want you to be ready. It's all about keeping you safe, prepared, and making your home as energy efficient as possible. Everything from how to weatherize your home to how to stay safe during extreme weather. Be ready for anything. Go to blackhillsenergy.com slash team ready.